This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Equity Mates, a podcast where we break down the world of investing to make it easier for you guys. Episode 21. And as always, I'm here with my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I am very good, Bryce. How are you? Can't complain. Saturday afternoon. Good to be yeah. chatting to you after a while. We haven't caught up in a while, so it's uh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. We got a um, big interview today, which I played no part in, but looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, well, you'll be listening to it for the first time, just like our listeners. So yeah. I hope you like it. This week, we've got George Lucas, who, well, as you know, Ren, is the CEO of Acorns Australia. Do you use Acorns? No, I don't, but I've thought about it. The, I, I have an issue with the, the fees, which I'm sure you talk about in the interview. Yes. But unless you're putting, unless you're putting a, a lot of money into it, then the fees as a percentage of the amount of money that you're investing is quite high. So that, that's what stopped me doing it. Yeah, interesting. Well, yes, we certainly do discuss that in the interview because you know we've both seen quite recently there's been um, chat about it in the media and it seems to be one of the talking points about the app. Yeah, so, so let's, let's, um, let's take a step back and just explain what the Acorns app is. So yep. it's probably the most famous of the uh, micro-investing apps and what it is, is it, you connect it to your bank account and it will round up any purchase you make and whatever the amount it rounds up, it will invest that for you. So if you buy a $3.50 coffee, it will round that up to $4 and it will take that 50 cents and invest that for you. And over time, with every transaction you do, the idea is that almost without realizing it, you'll build up a share portfolio. Yeah, well, in the sense that you don't get to choose what stocks but you yeah, will yeah, be invested got... in the market. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't invest just in stocks. It gives you exposure to bonds and cash and, and a few a few various asset types. But this is all stuff that we discuss in the interview. But unlike you, I do use it um, and I use it as a savings account in a way. And I've, I, I see great benefit. But yeah, as you, as you mentioned, I'm using it a bit differently to how it's originally designed to be used. But... Once again, we discussed this with George. But just to give a bit of background, uh, George Lucas is the CEO of Acorns Australia. And as you said, Ren, is, um, that's one of the most recognizable 
and used microfinancing apps in Australia. George has had a career in finance that has spanned over 30 years, uh, working at numerous firms in multiple countries. Uh, and those firms have been at different stages of development from founding startups all the way through to working at some big investment banks. So he's pretty experienced and he's also very passionate about improving financial literacy of Australians. And this is one of his big points with Acorns and, and, what, and he sort of believes that Acorns is a great tool to help improve financial literacy so as well as Acorns, he heads up his business called Wealth Know How, which is a video-based platform that focuses on uh, wealth creation education. So yeah, he's a very laid-back guy. I had a great chat with him. He's well-read, very experienced a CEO and investor, and he has some pretty interesting commentary and insight into what's going on at the moment. And um, you know, he's he's more technically based in terms of his investment philosophy, but. Um, this is all stuff that we talk about in the interview. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview just as much as I did chatting with him. Look, nice uh, one. Now, yeah. just before we get into the interview, we should give a plug to a couple of the things we're doing. So yep. first of all, if you haven't signed up already, make sure you jump on our website or on our Facebook page and sign up to the Equity Mates Thought Starters. Uh, yep. if, when you sign up, you get five interesting articles delivered to your inbox every Monday. It's a good way to sort of see what investing resources are out there, keep up with some of the news. It's definitely worth signing up to. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a great little tool. Uh, and then the other thing that, we're, that we want to plug is our YouTube channel. If you can't get enough of Equity Mates, we're waiting on YouTube for you. Yeah, get around it. Tell everyone about it. No, nice one, Ren. Um, and look, we've got some exciting things in the pipeline that we're looking forward to telling you guys about. Something a bit different as well that um, will give you guys the opportunity to perhaps get invested in the market yourself. Um, but we won't reveal too much. Uh, but yeah. Hopefully, we can close out a few things later this week and... Um, coming into the later half of this year, we'll be able to uh, give you guys some exciting news. So stay tuned. All right. Well, without any further ado, here's George Lucas, the CEO of Acorns Australia. Well, I'm here with George Lucas, CEO of Acorns Australia. Thanks um, for having me. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Let's just kick off. You've had a 30-year career in finance. I know. How's that? <laughs> And you've worked in numerous firms across multiple countries, different stages of development from founding startups uh, to working at big banks. Uh, from this experience, to kick off the interview, is there one thing that you wished people understood about financial markets and investing? Yeah, that is, it is quite difficult. And I mean, even, I mean, we saw that in the GFC, you know, even the banks found it difficult to manage the risk associated with investment. And, you know, they're professionals and at that time they were the smartest guys in the room. And I think people forget how difficult managing risk can be. Hmm. Let's go back to the start of your investing journey. And what originally got you interested in investing in finance? Yeah, so I, you know, as a bit of a weird kid, I was always interested in investing in finance. I can still remember at the age of 12 doing charts and looking at charts and trying to work out how markets were going to perform on a little calculator and stuff like that. So I've always been interested in markets. So it was really just a natural progression for me. So what were some of the hardest things that you found about getting started in, in the early days then or you, you didn't find it because yeah, people born so, with it? I am so the wrong example. I mean, I actually didn't go into finance like by studying finance at university. I actually studied computer science and mathematics. And at the time, because I'm, as you said, I'm tired and old, 
um, a new invention called the PC with just in <laughs> the desk of training houses, especially in the UK. And they needed people who with skills to be able to program them in you know, with financial type calculations and models. And I had done by accident more than anything else, a lot of the right courses. So I was highly valuable, especially in the UK. And that's how I started in finance. Interesting. So then going off that, has that influenced what sort of style you invest with? Like what would, what would be your philosophy of investing? Do you- it does actually affect myself because I'm very um, I'm computer driven. So, you know, I built models that will can automatically trade the markets yeah, right. um, without very little human input once they get started. But, you know, and I've learned a lot about how you um, build models which are going to trade the market. Um, over my time, over my time, so I'm very model orientated rather than you know off the seat of the pants or looking at earnings and whatever. It's more about looking at charts and working out momentum. You know, so I'm very much a buy high, sell low type of guy, which kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. Except if you follow charts and then you start to get a feeling that you know you buy the breakouts so that when the markets start running, so you're buying the high once they've confirmed the breakout, and you let it run until um, it starts turning and coming down. So when it starts breaking back down and there's a, and loads are being made, that's when you sell. Wow. So it's kind of like um, just a different way of looking at it. So not something that the the average beginner investor can just jump right into. No, you know, well, they can and there's a lot of books about it. I mean, about this technical trading and breakouts and whatever and, you know, at the end of the day, um, the only thing that really has ever been proven that works really well as an indicator um, is these momentum indicators. Mm. But, um, you know, you do, you know, to do it properly, you do need software, which you can pretty much get on the internet pretty easily these days. As an everyday investor with the concept of momentum, is there any way that we can engage in that mindset? What are some of the things you look for? Oh, it's all those things like MACTAs and RSIs oh, and right. all those technical okay. indicators. So, but, and you, but you're also looking for breakouts, you know, is it breaking out through, is it making a new high? Okay. And that might be either making a new high over three months, six months, etc. And if so, is it breaking out? Right. Yeah. Can you remember one of your first big investment wins? And it might not necessarily doesn't have to be financial. It could be something that you know sent off like, a light bulb or light like bulb a, moment. <laughs> well, when I was, I guess my biggest investment when I was young. When you look back on it, is in the days when there was a high inflation in Australia. Okay. And you used to be able to get Telstra bonds which were then Telstra was owned by the government, so those government guarantee right. type bonds. And they, you know, you could get 18% on those as a coupon. Wow. So they're kind of like a no-brainer in a lot of ways. So you started your career in 87, yeah. which was obviously the tail end of the flying 80s. Have you seen uh, markets change significantly since then? Oh, definitely. I mean, markets are always are always changing. I mean, when I, when I started um, in Ace, you know, in the early eight, late eighties, <laughs> I actually started before then. But anyway, oh, right. okay. you know, passive investing, in indexing, and was a comp- really, especially outside America, was a very foreign concept. Yeah, option trading models, back shoals, People used to do option trading, um, pricing the options in a completely different way. They didn't use Black Shoals. And I can still, you know, barely remember, but I can remember how you price options without using a Black Shoals model, for example, Mm. um, and just pricing them in your head. So 
um, using these kind of like rules of thumb that they all had. So, you know, we've definitely seen markets become, you know, to the point where they are today, where we've got high frequency trading, where it matters, you know, how close you are to the exchange, because having 300 milliseconds rather than 350 milliseconds mm. can be a matter of a lot of dollars. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Have you seen the people that are engaging with markets change over time as well? Oh, definitely. So the people who engage are far more, for one of a word, you know, professional. You know, they've got a lot more degrees than I ever had. You know, I never had a master's degree or a PhD, you know. But today, a lot of these guys have, you know, are highly educated, highly numeric and highly disciplined. Mm. Yeah. So starting out in the 80s and seeing the 87 financial crisis, yeah. and then obviously since then we've seen the Asian financial crisis, the tech collapse, GFC, yeah, yeah. is there any advice that you could give to investors to help build resiliency in their portfolios? Well, the, the, yeah, yeah, the hardest thing, well, there are a couple of things. The first thing to build resiliency in your portfolio is don't live above your means because the moment you have, the moment you kind of like start panicking and get too emotionally attached to what you're in, investing in the market, you're going to take the money out too soon. Yeah. The second thing is not to follow the herd. It's always better to be contrarian because the herd will get it wrong eventually. So you do have to know when to ride the herd and when the herd's just going to go straight up. And we're seeing that now kind of a little bit in Bitcoin, for example, where, you know, and the, the kind of like the cliche saying is when taxi drivers start talking about it. Yeah. But for me, it was one more when my daughter came in and started talking about it who was never interested in investing. Yeah. And then she bought Bitcoins. It was like, you know, and the next day it fell 20%. And mm. it's just like, well, it's always a way. Mm. Yeah. When mm. everyone's talking about it, it's time to get out. When the stock, when the, um, you know, a newspaper headline is stock markets are going to go up forever, it's the time to get out. So it's quite good. So as long as we keep getting those news, newspaper headlines that the housing market in Australia is going to collapse, it ain't going to collapse. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because they'll get it wrong, every, you know, every time. So when you say don't live outside your means, is that meaning that you should ride the highs and lows? You should ride, you know, depending on what your age group is. Yeah. yeah? But for your audience, they, they've got 30 years in the market and in 30 years the markets will be high, even after the crashes. We've always seen them come back. Yeah. yeah? And even though the Australian market kind of, if you look at it, doesn't appear that it's come back from the GFC, mm. that's because you're just looking at the price of the Australian market and you're not including the dividends. Mm. In Australia, our market pays very high dividends, you know, 5% plus dividend. Mm. Well, in America, they're 2% mm. less mm. Um, dividend for the, for the S&P 500. So once you start combining dividends back in into what they, you know, as if you were reinvesting dividends, we would be higher than we were in the GFC. Yeah. And you can't say, oh, dividends aren't part of the market return. They are part of the market return. Australia just happens to pay very high dividends compared to the rest of the world. So back to your point about if it's in the media, it's almost sort of time to get out yeah. or, or take note. You know, there's a lot of discussion at the moment about we're getting towards a critical point in the credit cycle. It's sort of been eight or nine years since the GFC. Are the markets getting overvalued? Do you have a, a, an opinion on where we're sitting at the moment? Sure. A couple of things. With so much negative sentiment around, you're not going to see a market fall. Yeah, you might see it. You know, you might see it come back five or seven percent, but you're not going to see a twenty or thirty percent fall in the market. Right. Yeah, with everyone talking about the U.S. tech stocks being overvalued, you're hundred percent guaranteed that they're probably not going to go higher. Yeah, right. Um, you know, so you, with all this negative sentiment around at the moment, we've been through quite a big rally, not just overseas, especially like the S and P five hundred or mm. the, even the European markets and Japan are now starting to pick up. Mm. Um, 
the world is still non-believers. You know, people have got a lot of cash. There's a lot of negative sentiment. We don't believe the market. And then every day we just come in and the, mm, the market's going. going higher. Yep. And yeah. until that sentiment changes, there's no going to be no big driving force to push the market down like 20 or 30%. The other thing is there's no sign of a recession in the, in the horizon. In fact, we've just seen world growth pick up quite a bit this year. And so it's very unlikely that... Um, you see a major downturn in the U.S. market, which would drive the rest of the world until there's a sign of a recession in the U.S., and it just isn't. And in Australia, you know, we live in a world where everyone thinks the glass is half empty, mm, mm. but, you know, we've had consistently 40,000 jobs put on for the last three or four months. Mm. That's like, if that was happening in the U.S., where it would be equivalent of like 400 to 6,000 jobs created, <laughs> and the whole world would be cheering and pushing that market higher. In Australia, we go, oh, the whole world's coming to an end, and up. Housing market's going to fall down. and But, you know, for that many jobs being created, businesses must, you know, they're not creating, businesses aren't creating the jobs because they're charities. They're yeah. actually making money and they're seeing that there's opportunities to make money. Where do you look for content and information when you're trying to find a stock to invest in? Yeah, so I don't really do individual stock selection. So okay. Where would you look? Where would I look? Well, I would be very cynical because, and that's why I don't do it, because I have never found a good information source. Right. Um, for stocks, so brokers tend to be brokers tend to be you know behind the game. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, you know, for individual stocks, the only one times I've ever made money is like in '86 when this company introduced this fantastic product called Excel, and then <laughs> and then suddenly within two years, everybody was using Excel and Lotus One Two Three, which half of you or probably all your readers don't even know about, which but was the, dominated the whole market. It had pretty much gone, mm. and it was like. So I brought Microsoft stock. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then today, the only one which is similar to that is kind of like um, Amazon. Amazon, yeah. 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 Everyone, you know, 40% of the web is going through Amazon Web Services. Everyone's woken up and gone, oh, my God, we didn't realize AWS was this big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they only started maybe two years ago reporting what the earnings were on Whoa. the AWS. 40%. Part. 40% of all internet traffic is coming in the world is coming off AWS servers. And, you know, just from my experience, you know, um, they, in a lot of countries, cannot keep up with demand for their product. So, you know, when a company has a product that they can't keep up with demand, you know, you've got to think, hmm, maybe that's quite a good business model. Yeah, wow. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're the CEO of Acorns Australia. Apparently so. Which is a micro-investing app. Yeah. Can you explain briefly to our listeners what micro-investing is and how it's different? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's only different in that there are a lot of barriers to investing, you know, minimums, you know, if you open a stockbroker account, you, 
you know, you can open it for small amounts of money, but the ticket size for a trade is quite high. You know, if you buy a Vanguard type unit trust example, you know, the $5,000 minimums. So the minimums tend to be quite high. The fees tend to be very untransparent. You know, you'll get three free trades with us and then suddenly yeah. you start getting hit with the trade money after that. And Acorns tries... Acorns breaks down these barriers. So you can invest for a minimum of $5. Yeah, it helps you, uh, you know, it's very simple. Like there's only six portfolio choices. Okay. Five of them are risk-adjusted portfolios from conservative to aggressive and then uh, social responsible portfolio. And they're the only options you've got. And they're diverse, well-diversified portfolios. Um, and when and then you can do things like dollar cost averaging, which is a great strategy to do. But the way we do dollar cost averaging is by linking Acorns, um, your spending habits to um, your investing. And so through the roundup concept, if you spend $3.50 on a coffee, 50 cents will be rounded up and put into your Acorns account. And so by doing that, you don't actually get, you get rid of that barrier about, oh, how much can I afford to save mm. or invest? Mm. And people are waking up and going, oh, I can actually save money and invest money mm. without affecting my lifestyle. Mm. Yeah. And mm. then, you know, they might save 600 or $900 a year, which for some people go, well, that's not very much. But it's like, well, these are people who said, I can't save full mm. stop ever. Mm. And they're waking up and go, you know what? I actually can save. And, and Acorns allows us to do it. And then it's for your $15 a year flat fee or $1.25 a month, you only get charged while you've got a balance. You know, if your balance is zero, you don't get charged. And you can take your money out at any time. Um, you can put money in at any time. It's, it's very transactional in that way. I'm an avid user of Acorns. I really think it has great benefit. I use it almost as a savings account in terms of I put a lot of my money in additionally to the roundups. But, you know, there's been recent news articles about copping a lot of flack for their, your fees as a proportion to what some people may be putting in. So firstly, do you have a comment on that? And secondly, do you have advice on maybe what the best way to use Acorns is? Like how can you really maximize sure, its use? Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, any you know, anyone who thinks a dollar twenty five a month, yeah, or fifteen dollars a year, which is half a packet of cigarettes, or a beer and a half one night at the pub, yeah, is a lot of money for the for Acorns, then they really shouldn't be using the Acorns product. Yeah. And Acorns has a lot of you know, a lot of value for their, you know, it, it's about this constantly setting up through roundups or a recurring savings plan or whatever where direct debiting money out of your account in small amounts of money so that you can't see it affect your um, lifestyle, um, but you're getting invested in, into the Acorns account. And, you know, that costs a lot of money doing all that direct debit and the operations. The banks don't, mm. do, don't give direct debits to me for free, yeah? <laughs> if you're going to use Acorns and you're going to put $50 away and you're not going to use and you're not going to do the benefit of using the roundup feature or setting up a savings plan or whatever, Acorns is not for you. But if you set up a savings plan, turn on roundups or not, you know, but have this constant reoccurring investment, that's the way to go with Acorns. Yeah. So that's the key, a bit of a additional money in yeah, on top of your roundups. Yeah, the key is to do the dollar av cost averaging because the yeah. dollar cost averaging is not only about showing you that you can save money, but it is a great way to learn how to invest in markets because you don't have to pick tops and bottoms. And, you know, it's a prove, kind of like a proven technique that, um, you know, you, you'll do okay in markets. You're, mm. not gonna, you're not going to pick the bottom, you're not going to pick the top, mm. but you're getting it at the average. Yeah? Exactly, which is the best way to do it. Yeah. So who who's Acorns specifically trying to target? Is there a target market? Okay, so no real target market, but obviously because it's on an app, and it's easy to use and whatever, it's been adopted very quickly by the millennials. Mm. Acorns is also not a 
either or product. We're not going out saying that if you've already got a stockbroking account, get rid of your stockbroking account, or if you've already got, you know, funds in a managed fund or whatever, get rid of it. Acorns can actually be part of that savings plan because yeah. it just shows you can save money without affecting your lifestyle. Yeah. yeah? And you know, we've got features in Acorns, for example, where you can flick your money over to the super fund when when you feel like you've got enough. And that's quite going to be quite beneficial this year because when you push money over to your super fund, that money's tax deductible because of the new rules that came in in July. So um, you know, for people, that's quite beneficial. You know, obviously, with the normal disclaimer that you have to check your own tax circumstances because it does cap out at twenty five thousand and all that crap. Yeah. So you need to talk to a tax advisor, but. You know, you can, it's not an either or product, um, Acorns. No, I agree. And that's how I use it as well. It's just a nice little supplementary. Yeah, it's a supplementary thing to what you're doing yeah. with all your savings. Yeah. So with the uptake, you've what you've now got about two, 300,000 users, roughly? Yeah, so we've got, we've got about 340,000 people signed up and 150,000 active monthly users on the app. What's the average balance for a user? Are you allowed to disclose that? Yeah, yeah. Um, the Sydney Morning Herald did, so we'll go with it. <laughs> it's around $900, the average balance for a user. On average, people save about $50 a month. Okay. Yeah. And so some of those users, and it depends on what their goals are, some of those users will save up to $200 mm. and then take it out and mm. then start again. Mm. Yeah. Some people will save up to three or 4000 take it out, start again. Mm. And others will just keep saving forever and never take the money out. Mm. Yeah. But it is a very it has changed the way you know investing in markets work because you can get your money out so quickly, quickly just yeah. in one swipe. Yeah. yeah, so it's a it was a pretty frenetic uptake. I would assume in the first few months. Yeah, it is, hasn't stopped. It in hasn't fact, stopped. it's accelerated. Yeah. Do you have any reason for this? Do you know? Do you have an idea of because why? Because it actually adds it actually adds value to people. Mm. That's the only reason why. Because it's being pushed by word of mouth. If it didn't add value to the people who were pushing it, they wouldn't. Or who were talking about it, they wouldn't, um, they you know, the word no, of mouth would exist. Yeah. And it, it's because Acorns is more than just investing. People get a lot of financial education out of it. I mean, and we've been hyping on about one of them, which is the savings and learning that you can save without, um, you know, without affecting your lifestyle. But the other one also is that you get to see how market moves and you get to see it in real time and you get to see things like, oh, I've seen all this bad news in the press for the last six months about everything, but the markets keep going higher. What's going on here? So that kind of financial, that on, you know, hands-on financial education is very valuable to people. Mm, yeah, it is. Well, I'll I'll skip ahead. You, you're the co-founder of the financial education company uh, Wealth Know-how. Know-how. Yeah. So, do you think Australians generally have a good level of financial literacy? And is there anything that you think our listeners should or could do to improve their financial literacy? Uh, it's going to be different from everyone. Australians, you know, in general, Australians have quite a high level of financial literacy, but financial literacy spreads across quite um, a broad range. Like I don't buy, from what I see on my Acorn users, I don't buy this thing that millennials are poor savers. Okay, yeah? okay. They like they may like to spend, like go overseas or whatever as well, Yeah. but when they want to spend big, they know how to save to get to that point, yeah? And um, I'm not a big believer in that. So that kind of financial, and everyone, and then, you talk to people, they all have their own special way that they make sure that they stand with, spend within their means. We don't see, for example, when millennials are huge uptake in credit cards, for example. They're very, you know, um, they're much more, they're in some ways, a lot more conservative around debt than, you know, the older people are. So um, I don't know, what, you know, from that spending habit side, and they've all got their little tricks of how they manage that spending habit. Yeah. 
and you know they're all personal what, what, what works for them and that's fine so from that side of financial literacy you know can they value an option you know probably not do they need to value an option probably not ever you know what I mean can they can they fill in a form to um, apply for a loan if they need it or a, apply for a, um, a housing loan yeah they sure can yeah the thing is um you know that's going to change too mm. you know in the thing about acorns is you, you would have known it's all online and it's very as little information as possible mm. and everything everything else is being done in the background mm. to fill out so you know the large financial institutions don't get on board and start having things where it's just all online and you just walk in and push a button, you know, push a button and give some details and then the rest is all filled out. They're just going to fall behind. Out, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a different a different world. Mm. Yeah. From what you've seen with Acorns, you mentioned that there's five degrees of portfolios, conservative up to quite an aggressive. Yeah. Especially in the millennial side, what side do they sway to? Yeah, they all sway to aggressive. Yeah. Modularly aggressive and aggressive, which... We laugh because we read this ASX report that they did and the ASX report said millennials are quite conservative. Yeah, I read the same report. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, no. No. <laughs> Not what we see. They, you know, they want to take, they, they want to, they want to take the risk. But again, on $900, they're not taking huge amounts of risk. I was just going to yeah? say, it might be to do with the sum of money that's, that's in correct. there. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they've got their oh, whole life savings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back to maybe the way that Acorns was set up in Australia. Not many people would probably know that it is actually a bit of an offshoot of the US. Yeah, yeah. And you're actually a 50-50 partner. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong with Acorns Australia. So did you approach them and convince them to bring it to the Australian market or how did that how did that work? They were looking to come into Australia and they were introduced to me. Oh, yeah. right. And we went, yeah. It is quite a difficult thing to set up in Australia. The software part was a lot easier to set up than going through the regulatory hurdles with um, ASIC and getting the legal structures all correct. Right. Yeah. As we're seeing, there are not really that many people who knew how to do it. Mm. Yeah. And that's why it's a catch-22 because it was hard for us, but now we don't see many competitors coming to the market because they haven't worked out the tricks. But, um, and they're not tricks, but they haven't worked, you know, haven't gone through all, you know, they haven't budgeted for and thought about all the legal ramifications of what they're doing. Um, but we knew how to do that. That's what we. That's one of the core strengths of in-street was just this financial structuring. You mentioned again that Acorns has five sort of portfolios yeah, yeah. to choose from, and one of the things that I guess a lot of users might not know is exactly where their money goes. Can you give an idea of when someone does invest the fifty cents or the fifty dollars a week or whatever? How is it just in stocks? Is it across asset classes? No, it's across it? asset classes. So it's it's Australian stocks or the top two hundred Australian stocks. The top 500 US stocks, the top 600 European stocks, um, the top 50 Asian, Asian kind of emerging markets, so that's um, Singapore, South Korea, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, um, the top stocks, 50 stocks out of them. And then um, uh, government bonds some, and corporate debt like Telstra Woolworths, and then into term deposits. Yeah, right. And I know on the app you can actually go in and, Have a and look. see that. Yeah, yeah. You so can it's, drill down further. Yeah. yeah, so it's a really good tool to just at least get an understanding of what it means to be diversified. Yeah. I noticed recently you've set up the Emerald Portfolio. A socially responsible portfolio. A socially responsible portfolio. Yeah. So firstly, can you give us an idea of what that's about? And secondly, is there going to be any more thematic 
portfolios coming to Acorns? Well, at the moment, there's no plan for any more thematic type portfolios. Socially responsible is one of the largest requested portf- um, portfolios. We do get requests for tech stocks, mm-hmm. but I don't think people, you know, I, I really have no desire to deliver that at the moment to people just because um, of the risk associated with some of those tech stocks. I think they're going to go up, but there's, if they, they don't go up in a straight line. Um, the tech stocks and socially responsible portfolios actually are heavily weighted to tech stocks because they tend to be very socially responsible. Really? Socially responsible, you know, it does the things. It removes gambling. Um, it removes um, tobacco, alcohol, and then on top of that, it also looks at other things like carbon footprints, etc. Yeah, right. et yeah. So along those lines, Acorns invests in ETFs and a, and a wide variety depending on your risk preference and. As mentioned before, recently we interviewed Alan Kohler uh, and he was actually quite scathing about the markets growing a preference towards ETFs um, and passive investing. Do you think that this uh, massive shift towards passive investing will continue or what, what, what do you think the trend for this is? So is, it the, is he scathing against passive investing or is no. he scathing against ETFs? ETFs oh, yeah. and the, and so let's the, go, the company so is getting most, bigger and bigger. So most large funds... Yeah, will be, you know, with a lot of money in them in Australia, yeah. who are tracking, who are in the Australian market, will be what they call index huggers. So they tend to be very close to passive funds anyway, okay. but charge you a lot more than if you're just in a straight S&P, ASX 200 index fund. Yeah, while their performance is really not that much better. Yeah, from the ETF side, well, and you know, from an ETF side, all it is is a fund that is listed. Mm. So it just means that you have liquidity during market hours, so from 10 a.m. to, to um, 4. Mm. Um, and you can get in and out at any time. But, there, you know, an underlying ETF on the ASX 200 is made up of the underlying 200 stocks. So if people are buying more, they just go and buy those stocks. If people are selling them, they sell the whole 200 stocks into the market. So... It just happens more quickly and in real time. So, you know, it's just the same as if the people were holding the portfolios themselves. Yeah. 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 You, it's just that liquidity is quicker. Mm. Yeah. So you recently did a $6 million capital raise through Acorns. Up to $6 million. Up to $6 yeah, million yeah. capital raise in Acorns through Acorns Australia. Um, given that crowdfunding equity raising is becoming more and more popular these days with companies like Equitize and Our Crowd, um, do you think this is something that you'll look to do again for other companies and financial products? Um, so it was Instreet who actually did it, who's a, who's a 50% joint venture, and raised the money and set up a little vehicle that invested into Acorns right. um, directly as their own investment. And Instreet is your company? Yeah, it's a 50% owner of Acorns yeah, here. Yeah. And... Um, you know, crowdfunding is just going to get more popular, is the bottom line. Yeah. yeah? Right. And um, th- th- that crowdfunding was done because there were, you know, X amount of our customers said we want to invest in the Acorns company. Oh, right. Yeah. And so we just tried to meet that need. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, to, to wrap up, we're getting towards the end of the interview, George. So, I mean, what's one of the best pieces of advice you've been given related to investing, if you can recall? Yeah. You know, the best piece is, is the contrarian. You don't believe, definitely don't believe what you read in, in the press. The general press, you can believe what you read in the financial type, more financial, like a Financial Times or a Wall Street Journal, but not necessarily the Sun Herald. 
Well, to wrap up, we always finish with two questions. The first is, if, if is there a must-read book that you would recommend, financial or otherwise? A must-read book. Maybe The Fountainhead. Okay, and what's that about? The Fountainhead is about an architect in America during the um, thir- 20s and 30s. A kind of loose, you know, I think the inspiration was a Frank Lloyd Wright. It's about being an individual. Interesting. We'll put that up on our site. It's some, it is, some people consider it to be very right-wing. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Is there any advice that you'd give to our listeners out there who may be interested in investing but haven't yet started where oh, to go? I know a perfect product for that <laughs> called that. Acorn because it's a great, as I said, financial literacy is the main, you know, after the obvious one is the main reason people are using the app to yeah. improve their understanding of markets, to improve their financial literacy. So, you know, there's, if you want to risk 100 or $200 and be fully invested in the market and you can afford to risk you know, there's nothing else out there that can do that mm. at the moment. Mm. No, I agree. As I said throughout the interview, I'm an avid user. I, re- I really see great benefit in it um, as a supplementary tool, as a learning tool, and, and just to prove that putting little amounts away consistently. Yeah, the dollar cost averaging is a very good habit to understand and get into for the rest of your life. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, George, really appreciate your time. Um, it's been, I've learned a lot. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation.